the more that you do yourself and you step into your uncomfortable zone and your fear zone and you push yourself to the edge, the more you're going to be able to share that, teach that, earn money around teaching that. It expands your skill set. Welcome everybody to the Chris Harder Show, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success, knowing that when good people like you make good money, they can then do great things. My name is Chris Harder, and several times per week, I will bring you epic guests, solo episodes, and every single tool, trick, and skill set you need to grow your business, grow your money mindset, and to grow your wealth to levels that you have never reached before. I've ended up in a unique place in life where I've got the experience, the connections, and all of the secrets that it takes to be successful. And I'm lifting the curtain to reveal it all to you in an effort to help put you in a position of abundance so great that you can then be as generous as possible. So let's lock arms and let's get started. And we're back with another episode of He Said, She Said. We're literally back back at our California home and it feels, well, you tell me how it feels. So moisturizing on my skin. (laughs) (laughs) I swear like we look 10 years older heavenly. when we're when we're, you know, in the desert at our Scottsdale home. It is real. It's a real that thing. That is a fact because I don't think that you can get hydrated there in the summer or winter. But especially when the summer hits, it gets extra dry. Like the last couple of weeks I had been waking up in Arizona with literally like a leather lizard tongue. Same. Like like a sandpaper stuck to your mouth. Tongue. Like couldn't even get my tongue wet that I was like uh, I just need water. Like it was Unsticking so bad. your tongue when you wake up is a thing in summer when you live there. Oh my God. If you just go visit, it's even worse because you don't have time yeah, to get acclimated. Yeah, your body's not used to it. Yeah, it is. It's pretty crazy. So travel with humidifiers. But anyway. Two funny things about when we first got back to the California home. So for context, you know, we keep all of our belongings. Like we keep duplicates of everything, clothing, outfits, everything that we want at each home. So you, know, you don't, don't have to travel anything. Well, I walked in and put on some sweatpants from, you know, that have been sitting here for the past few months while we've been gone. And they were damp. And I came downstairs. I didn't say anything. And you said to me, you had just tried something on. You're like, hey, do your clothes feel damp to you? It's so weird because we're just not used to it. And I, I put clothes on today and they didn't feel damp. No, but when you're used to something so dry. Yes. It was just shocking. Normal moisture feels kind of damp to you. At uh-huh. first. That was the, first, the second thing I, I remember is got out of the shower. Now, when I get out of the shower in Arizona, my hair is dry. By the time I hit the mirror, no joke, <laughs> pretty much, no joke. So last night I'm trying to get ready. We're going out to dinner. We're in a hurry, and my hair's not drying. I'm like, what the hell? And I forgot your mm-hmm. hair doesn't dry here like it does in the yeah, you know, Death Valley. I have to add, like, probably realistically, minimum three to five minutes to dry my hair here. Added additional, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Speaking of going to dinner last night, that was good to go have that date night. We had a great date night. We have a favorite restaurant here. We have a couple of them, but we got to go to one of our favorites and we asked each other a question. So we were having a cocktail waiting for our table and I was like, what do I want to know? And so I said, let's ask each other questions we've never asked each other before. And so what it made us both do is be like, huh, what if I never, I mean, we've been together now. We just realized I've been with Chris longer than I have been without Chris. Yeah. You reach that tipping point. I reached the tipping point. So my, I like, I don't even know who was I before Chris. I have no, BC, <laughs> BC, BC, before Chris. BC. But this is such a fun question. If you guys have not asked this question to your partner or even your bestie, like, 
hey, let's ask each other. Let's go to dinner. Ask each other questions we've never asked each other before. Do you remember the first one you asked me? Mm-mm. Me neither. I was literally sitting here trying to. I remember it was a really good oh, one yeah, too. Oh yeah, I did. I said, I said, which one of your girlfriends taught you? Because we ne- we don't really ever talk taught about me a each significant lesson exes. about life. Yeah, I said taught you a significant lesson about life. That, but that was you the second one you asked me. You asked me a good one person. before that. Oh, I think it was something about your dad. You also asked that when you said it was the best piece of advice that your dad gave you. That was those two questions you asked, but you you opened with a different one. It was really good. Oh no, I think it was just as simple as you said. What's a question that you've never asked me before since we've been together? Mm. I think that's what you kind of started with. Yeah. And then it led into those other ones as well. Yeah. So super fun because, well, we're going to keep using this question because what a cool way to learn way more about each other. You just dig into areas that you're kind of like, eh, I feel like I know. That's kind of how I feel. I'm like, I, I feel like I kind of know you. Oh, you asked me one of my biggest regrets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Interesting. Yeah. And I had a really lame answer. It was that I didn't take advantage of the power of compounding interest when I was younger. <laughs> That's not a lame answer. He he told me what he thinks our compounding interest would be. And that that was a lame answer, meaning I'm very sad about you not taking advantage of the yeah. compounding Who needs interest? an extra 20, 30 million bucks anyways? No, exactly. Speaking All of right. which, I taught in a group today and people were you know, firing off questions, a whole bunch of entrepreneurs. And part of the way through it, somebody said, how do you know so much about so many things? And I thought that was pretty interesting. We just talked about it on our walk. Like, how is it that we know how to raise money for a business? How is it that we know how to launch podcasts? How is it that we know like about all these things? And we came to a conclusion that we thought we should share with everybody. Well, I get asked this, I get asked a similar question, pretty much exactly the same question, but people say, how did you start doing what you do? And a lot of times they mean, how are you teaching these things? How are you monetizing these things? Like, how did you start to get to be able to have this career that's built in these really, to them, you know, to our particular audience who wants to do what we do, to the things that you enjoy doing? And the simple answer is that we have done them ourselves. Yep. And the more that you do yourself and you step into your uncomfortable zone and your fear zone and you push yourself to the edge, the more you're going to be able to share that, teach that, earn money around teaching that. It expands your skill set. So this is like a duh, no brainer. But at the same time, instead of just saying, oh my gosh, how did they do that? What is something that you want to do that you could step into in a small way? Or what is something that you know you want to be learning that you could just Take a leap and build your wings on the well, way down. Well, here's what I said on the walk. I said, we just do a lot more than the average person because we're multi-passionate. And the more that you do, the more that you learn. The more right. that you learn, the more you have to teach or the more valuable you are to other people. Yes. So some people are like, hey, I want to do more things so I can teach them, whether mm-hmm. they just want to teach them because they enjoy teaching or they want to monetize it, right? That's one avenue. But the other avenue is our relationship capital is off the charts because we can help so many important people because we have done so many things at this point that they now want to do, right? They're like, hey, I'm in a stage where I want to start a podcast. How do I do it? Hey, mm-hmm. we've done it. Hey, I want to raise money for this idea. How do I do that? Hey, we've done it. You know, hey, I want to put on an event and I've never done it before. Hey, no problem. We got you. We've done it. Mm-hmm. We've just done so many things because we're so multi-passionate. Mm-hmm. So if there's a point to this, it's if you find yourself wanting to be more valuable to people, meaning in exchange for a dollar or just to help more humans out or in order to build up your relationship capital and your network more, 
then you have to find a way to be more valuable. And you, that means if you're working backwards, you have to do more things in order to learn more things in order to have more value. You know, and this doesn't just mean like, oh, you got to go do an event. You got to go write a book. You got to go raise money. That's not what that is because value comes in many different forms for people. For Chris and I, we don't necessarily always want to hang out with people who do the same stuff as us. We really enjoy learning from people who know other languages, who know a lot about different countries, who maybe know a lot about cooking or know a lot about wine. So what are some things that you could learn that you could add value to people? Like we love being around creative people or musicians. Like we love getting filled up from those things and being around that and listening to like their experience with that. And, you know, we have a great couple friend and one of them knows a ton about the alcohol industry and business. And the other one is a sports agent. And I can't get enough of conversations with them because it's different than what I'm doing. They've spent so much of their lives, you know, adding like learning the value of that and being able to add value to our lives by just being interesting in what they do. So value doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go and do a ton of things either. It could be learning certain things and being more valuable in your conversations even. Yes, you can be more valuable in your conversations, but this is where you and I differ. And, you know, sometimes it's okay to have a fork in the road and you go left and I go right. I'm a firm believer that you can't read a couple of books and then go teach it. I'm a firm believer that you can't listen to a handful of podcasts on a subject and then go teach it. I'm a firm believer that you can't just go have some conversations and regurgitate what those conversations were. I am a firm believer that you need to do something and learn to do it well before you can be teaching it. So what your point was, because I don't want to diminish it, your point was, hey, if you just want to be more interested in conversations, then the more that you learn about, know about, watch about, whatever, then you're going to be more interested in conversations. My point is, if you really want to be more valuable in life to people, which brings you more value back, then you got to be a multi-passionate doer. Okay, I'm going to bring up one argument then. Okay. Because I just had one of the best conversations on a podcast with someone who's extreme, extremely well-known and popular, who's just a researcher, who is a data researcher, like Brene Brown as well. And she's probably considered an extremely valuable person because of reading and research. I would argue that that's how they studied, but then they went out and they applied it. True. Each one of these people that you're mentioning I know for a fact that they have gone out and applied it at a very successful level and then realized, oh, wait, this works, and then amplified it after that. So we're both sort of correct. (laughs) I didn't know this is a right or wrong kind of thing. (laughs) It is. This is a debate. Oh, okay. Who's winning? I am. You're always winning, babe. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm right, you're winning. Mm -hmm. See what I did there? If you want a good life. (laughs) See what I did there? Yes. (laughs) All right. Do you have any any, uh, nails in a coffin you want to put on this thing? Just that you're annoying. Wow. I'm just kidding. All right. You know what? Our water is boiling. We're making pasta tonight. So this is like the perfect time to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Don't worry. We'll teach you how to make pasta after (laughs) we make it eat it tonight. You know what? I don't just read about making pasta. I do it. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Always love and appreciate you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds 
and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.